0: I mean, I hear just these amazing, incredibly tragic stories—tragic um, things that have happened in their lives—and I hear, of course, also just some really amazing and wonderful things. Um, and sometimes, you know, people will say, "Well, the worst thing that's happened in my—that happened in my life also turned out to probably be the best thing that happened in my life." <laughs>
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. Many of my clients tell me that they're stretched too thin with too many demands upon them. They are just worn out. In my brand new webinar, I teach simple and sensible habits that will significantly improve your life now and help you age with vibrance and resilience. But it's important to start now. Don't wait until your body's distress signals go from a whisper a scream. If you've followed me at all, you know I'm not about restrictive diets or boot camps. I believe life can be challenging enough. Let's appreciate our bodies and minds for the miraculous systems they are and take the time to take care of ourselves. Self-care pays big dividends now and in the future. And being well ourselves is the only way we can help those we love. And if you sign up now, I will send you my super zestful aging checklist, which I designed so you have clear guidelines right at your fingertips. The webinar is free. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we are talking to Meg Laporte, who is a writer, communications specialist, and an advocate for aging. She's created a project called Age in America, which was inspired by Humans of New York, and it combines the power of storytelling and social media to change people's perspectives about being older and growing older. It's kind of like the Story Corp uh, from public radio, and here to talk more about it is Meg Laporte. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm happy I, to be here.
1: I I really am so interested in this project and how it came to be. Can you talk a little bit about? I know you said it was inspired by Humans of New York, but how exactly did this uh, get started?
0: Sure, sure. So, I would say about two years ago, I was um, I had sort just started freelancing and working on my own and I had left a job and I was actually I was a little I was in a bad place kind of personally Um, but I had a lot of um, colleagues and, and and friends who I knew from the aging services field and so I was I was doing a lot of writing a lot of freelance work and I was inspired by all these things that were happening in aging services and one of the people I was writing for was. Someone named Dr. Bill Thomas. He has a blog called Changing Aging,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he's sort of a he's a luminary in the field of aging services. is known as an innovator. He created something called the Greenhouse Project, which are small house nursing homes, and um, he also created something called Eden Alternative, which also wow. is um, a model of nursing home care and um, staffing that is very different than the institutional model. His intention was to um, eradicate institutions, nursing home institutions that is, like nursing facilities. And so he, he's done that with Greenhouse Project and Eden Alternative and he has a blog where he talks about those issues and many other related issues. And he began doing this tour around the country um, in which he presented something he calls nonfiction theater and he was he he would stop in these relatively sort of mid-sized cities and um, he's still doing it actually and he used song and storytelling and sort of ted-like sort of talks to just to talk about aging and ageism and in the importance of um treating people respectfully um in in the settings such as nursing homes and course anywhere else anyway so he when i started writing for him he asked me if i could think of a way to bridge the um the, the the tour with the website with the blog changing aging and at the time i didn't think that much of it but a few months later and i mean i said i would do what i could but then a few months later i was looking at humans of new york probably on my facebook page and i just loved humans of new york and i'm sure as you you know you obviously know what it is and about, I think a hundred million other people do too. <laughs>
1: um, it's a really clever idea. It's simple, it? but it really—it sort of uh, it just captures you.
0: Yes, yeah. It is, you know, just like many sort of genius ideas. Some are just so simple. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's. Yes. Some are like, why didn't I think of that? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I was looking at it, and I was fascinated, and I'm just fascinated by how Brandon, who's the person who started it, uh, can capture this great image, and then you can look at it, and look at somebody in the picture, and think something about them. You form a, you know, you form your own idea about them, and your own perception. And then you read something about them, you read the story they have to tell, or something about their situation, and it just completely changes your perspective, and gives you, a new perspective or a different perspective and i thought why can't we you know that would be really great to do that for older adults Mm. and to and to have it sort of related to the tour and interview people when they go to see dr thomas on his tour and so i presented it to them and they really liked it but they they just couldn't launch it at the time i think they were near the end of the one of their tours so i just i went to um my graduate school which is uh it's called the Erickson School. It's at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. They have a program that they, um, an undergraduate and graduate program, which is called Management of Aging Services. And I had gone through the, I graduated from the program in two, uh, 2014. And I went to the dean there and um, and some of the other people, and I presented the idea to them, and they, they thought it was awesome. So they were just really supportive of me and in many what ways helped. What
1: made you decide to go to your to school? to your school and do that? I'm just curious what what you were thinking. What what was the goal there going back to your school?
0: Oh well I had kept in touch with them and they just became really friends and colleagues since I had graduated. I see. And I was and I thought it might be a good idea for the school to do something like that mm-hmm. and it was just up the road from me in Baltimore. I live right outside of DC and so I didn't, it wasn't, you know, difficult for me to go up there, and I just, and I really loved how the um, the people there, they're just great people, and so I just thought it, and they were just very, very supportive, and um, so I, they helped me, they helped connect me to a bunch, uh, many people in Baltimore. Who are in the field, and who in retirement communities and senior centers, and I, I was connected to some via some of my own personal connections, and I just began interviewing people. I've been going to, I, I began going to communities and uh, lining up interviews, and I just started. And so, I take my phone and I record the interview. I ask the person. I explain obviously to the person what I'm going to do and I ask a series of questions. And I always ask the same set of questions. I did some research and I decided I wanted to ask some questions that would help elicit um, information as stories and stories. Um, and so I ask the same set of questions. And I also want to do research on it someday, qualitative research on the response to the questions.
1: Uh, um, are, could you share some of the questions with us?
0: Sure, sure, of course. So the very first question I usually ask is, what is it like to be 89? Mm -hmm. and that is usually met with hey it's pretty good I really I I like it it's not so bad being 89 or whatever their age is Mm -hmm. I mean typically people actually feel pretty positive about it Um, another question I ask is uh, what is the best thing that's happened in your life and Mm. what is the worst thing that's happened in your life and then I ask what is uh, something that you would like to learn And what is something that you would like, that you can teach someone else? Mm -hmm. So those are the basic questions that I ask. Um, Yes, and then I record the interview so that I can be sure to capture the quotes appropriately. And then after I do all that, I take their picture. I take lots of pictures. Um, And then I post it on the blog. I created a blog just like Humans of New York. It lives on a blog, but it's also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter Mm -hmm. as well.
1: So this is all you. This is, this is your project, you thought of it, you're doing it, and you're managing it.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Now at, now at the moment, I wouldn't say I'm managing it very well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a d- in addition to your writing yeah. and communications work?
0: Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It is in addition to that. In, in addition to my paid work, let's uh-huh. just say.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So it's a passion project, right? So
1: Yes. So um, tell me what it's like to sit with these people who you don't know and ask them these questions that might be kind of personal.
0: Right. So, yeah, you know, that's a good question. And I don't wow so the first time I you know when I started doing it I think I must have thought that I you know I must have felt nervous or something and thought uh, yeah that is a pretty personal question but as I began doing I realized that people really don't I mean first of all most of these places that I go to will ask people beforehand if I if they want to be interviewed by me Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so I presume they may not mind being asked different kinds of questions And some people might decline, but that's very rare. Some people, I mean, when I say, when I ask one question, some people may say, I don't want to answer that. But I think that's really actually very, very rare. Uh So it's amazing to me the kind of um, things that that people say or people are happy to talk about. I mean, I hear just these amazing, incredibly tragic stories, Uh um, tragic things that have happened in their lives. And I hear, of course, also just some really amazing and wonderful things. Um, And sometimes, you know, people will say, well, the worst thing that happened in my life also turned out to probably be the best thing that happened in my life, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know? So. Mm
1: -hmm. So how was all this um, sort of uh, talking to people about very real, uh, you know, deep, maybe profound experiences, how has that shaped your life?
0: that's another good question (laughs) so in many ways i think it has um i think most profoundly it has um let's just say contributed to the uh to the to my understanding of myself let's say ah and contributed to my ability to feel Better about myself, if that makes sense, or to you know, and, and also at the same time, while I'm doing it, I'm also on the older side. I guess I'm probably would be described as post middle age, right? I'm 52. Is that post middle age? Uh,
1: Whatever it, it depends on what you call middle age, <laughs> now, right? Right, right, what is middle uh, age, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's sort of generally, I think, after 50, that's sort of the catch all phrase, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So so of course, as as one you know, as most people probably do, when they turn fifty or some significant birthday around that, I've had a lot of thoughts about aging, right? And so doing this project has probably been therapeutic for me mm-hmm. in that sense, you know. And 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 also, there's of course incredible things to learn from people who have lived much longer, been on this planet much longer than than you and I. So. Um, and, and and some of the wisdom that I hear is, is really incredible um, mm-hmm. for example uh, most so the question the question about what is it that you could teach someone else I presumed that someone that the answers to that would be something like I can teach piano or I can teach another language or I can mm-hmm. teach someone to knit mm-hmm. um, but By and large, the answer, I would say maybe uh, 40% of the answers are uh, patience. I Mm. can teach someone to be patient, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, especially nowadays when, you know, we're probably the least patient cohort to ever walk on the earth
0: you mean as um baby as, boomers or yes exactly
1: mm-hmm. um uh you know in terms of our our electronic devices and needing to google everything that very moment yes so it's it's a it's a very different perspective on what's important
0: it is and i think that when you i think that that well i think that the other thing i've learned is that when you get to to be 80 whatever the advanced a more advanced age in the later years of your life I think that you gain you know I think most people or many people that have interviewed anyway gain a perspective that is <laughs> something that you wish you had when you were younger <laughs> Maybe you know mm-hmm. and that is patience one of them is patience mm-hmm. so I think and then you know the other very interesting thing I find is um, you know like I told you I asked them what is the worst thing that's happened in their life and I will hear some incredibly tragic stories really incredibly tragic stories mm-hmm. just like you know everybody has tragic things and bad things that happen in their lives but I'll hear some cra- and I'll ask somebody you know they'll tell me someone told me a story about how um, his daughter or his wife when he was young much younger his wife who was happened to be pregnant was driving in the car with her her brother who had just bought a brand new Jaguar um, and they were on the way to visit him he was staying with his father and they he they stopped at a bar he had a drink and he ran into they were driving on the highway I guess he was going very fast because he had bought this brand new car Mm. and he ran into an on-ramp or one of those or an overpass Mm. head-on and his wife died Mm. and as you can imagine, that's, that's incredibly tragic. And, oh, yeah. And there's another story that goes with it, too, about his, the brother who survived. But um, And then, I, you know, I asked him later, well, what is the... I think he gave me the story before I even asked him what the worst thing has happened. Is. I can't and I said to him, what is the, you know, so what is the worst thing? And he said, I don't, you know, I've had a pretty good life, right? Ah. And I've had you know like so and many other people will say that too they will just told me something tragic a few minutes mm-hmm. before and then they'll say well I've actually had a very good life and oh, I think,
1: interesting
0: yeah yeah so I think like I think I think that you get a long view that you know the having living that long mm-hmm. and ha- going through life in that way gives you I believe a long view that gives you a perspective Uh, whereby you have a greater, you know, a distance from the, the, the tragedy or the event. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe it's like they say time does heal that something, some wounds. So maybe that's why that there's that saying. But
1: when, when you think about the questions you ask your participants, do you think your answers to those questions have changed for yourself? As you've been interviewing these people?
0: Oh, that's very interesting. (sighs) Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what, they may change 30 years from now too, so I'm sure they will actually, I would guess. Unless nothing happens to me in the next 30 years, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unlikely.
0: Right, right.
1: (laughs) Wow, it sounds like such an enriching experience. It's like you get to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit
0: yes yes i absolutely love it i've always you know i've always been someone who's been interested in other people's lives i'm interested i'm sort of a voyeur maybe or you know about people's lives so tell me you know i would i'm always curious about my daughter's friends i was she would when you know she would say, "Mom, why are you so interested in Regina? Why are you so interested in what she does and what she goes?" And I'm like, "I don't," you know, "I'm just interested in people. I'm interested. And not everybody is, but I think you know, I'm just interested in how people, what the the path that people take in life. So that so doing this is just another way to to get at that, probably. Mm. So,
1: do you have a sense that your participants have enjoyed this conversation?
0: Yes. Yes, I think, well, first of all, you know, I kind of self-select. So they, uh, like I said, for the most part, the when I go, it's usually, it, many times it's in a retirement community or a nursing home, and the folks will have been asked beforehand, um, do they want to, you know, that I'm coming on a certain day, and would they like to be interviewed? So mm-hmm. a lot of people are already know they're going to be interviewed, and therefore, you know, seem pretty are very interested in seeing, for the most part, very interested in telling their stories or telling or answering the questions anyway, so, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get really short answers and you have to pull it out of them, you know, sometimes to mm-hmm. pull things out and I'll, and I'll sort of meander around with different questions and that, that sort of thing, and they'll be really short, but for the most part, the interviews end up being, oh, I'd say at least 20 minutes, 25 minutes or something like that sometimes longer sometimes much longer people some people are talkers as we know just Mm -hmm. it depends on the personality i think so
1: are there any people that you wish you could spend more time with and learn more about
0: oh yes yes yes
1: yeah any come to mind
0: yes you know i so i went to um rochester a few weeks maybe it was about a month ago actually there was a community up in Rochester called St. John's Living. I think it's called. It. It's a large, like a commun- continuing care retirement community in the city. And they found out about me. They asked me to come up, so I went up there and spent two days there. And I interviewed this woman who actually was a professional storyteller. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I so what happened was I was, I spoke. They they I did a presentation about age in America. And after that, I talked to people, before that, I interviewed people too. But this woman was in the audience, so I ended up interviewing her afterwards. And she told me some incredible stories about her life that I just that just blew me away. And I was just, I was so fascinated by her. And you, there have been many other people I've been fascinated by, but this one comes to mind right at the moment because it, because it was relatively recently, so.
1: Mm. What are the kinds of things that were particularly interesting?
0: Mm, let's see, so, I guess to hear about what people, it's interesting to hear about occupations that people have had, mm-hmm. um, but honestly, you know, I started, the idea for me for the project was not just to get stories about the past that people have, now. you know, not just to get stories about their history or what happened to them in the past or what they were like in the past, but also to be present with them and to find out how they are presently Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and I think that's important in helping to change in helping to um, change perspectives and reframe I I think or I hope it is anyway so that uh, when somebody who is maybe very young looks at it maybe looks at the the post and the you know reads it and, and says and sees that someone says yeah, I really like being 85. It's awesome. I can go do whatever I want. I don't have the burden of having to make lunch for my children every single day, mm-hmm. and, but I have the joy of having grandchildren who I can spoil.
1: <laughs>
0: Those are some examples, right? But um, I think the st- I love to, like, I do love to hear it. So I like to hear what people say, talk about their lives currently and what they do and what they like to do.
1: That mm-hmm. to me also
0: is fascinating. Um,
1: is part of your agenda in the Age in America blog uh, sort of holding a light up to ageism? I mean, is oh, that part of your 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 wish for this project?
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's very much, I guess, a um, a project to help um, to help people reframe their views about aging, and therefore um, change their views about, um, being ageist, not that people maybe not recognize themselves that when they're ageist, I think all of us are in some ways, but, but by changing your view about aging and what it's like to be older, then hopefully you will have less prejudice about other people who are older, right? And about their, about, you know, what they, what they might do, or the, the choices they may make, or when you see somebody who is, you know, walking down the street very slowly and you wonder, you know, where is that per, you know, instead of thinking, why is that person walking so slowly? Perhaps you will think, Oh, I want, you know, you'll you be have a much more benign view. Let's just say, you know, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. so some, a more familiarity with it yes. and, um, a, a just, uh, a knowing, knowing more about who that individual might be yes. behind their body. I see. I yes, see. that's a
0: good way to put it. And you know, when I was doing research for this, I found this, this concept. And maybe you've heard of it. I think it's a psychological concept called mere exposure.
1: Is hmm. that sound I familiar? Do, it does not sound familiar.
0: And the word is M E R E, mere exposure. And I think it oh. was. Oh. And I found the research was done. I think many, many years ago. And I'm, I'm guessing it was sort of the basis for maybe advertising, like in print and media advertising. Because right. the idea is that the more you are exposed to something, the mm-hmm. more and the more familiar it becomes to you, the more inured or the more um, it, it becomes more a part of your own culture and your own um, lexicon, I guess. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I guess maybe. And and, and so my thought well, is not
1: the other. Yes, it's not, right. Okay, it's uh, it's it's this could be me.
0: Yes right right and Mm -hmm. so perhaps the less you um otherize it or marginalize it right Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and so i i I can you know i hope that that's that's something that i would hope would happen with Mm -hmm. this project
1: so has it what you've learned and experienced through this work has it changed what you're interested in writing about and has it changed other parts of your professional work
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It definitely has. So, and it's really opened, I think, a lot of doors for me in many ways and made some really just fabulous connections. So, for example, um, my one of my clients is a, an organization called Lifespan Network. It's based in Maryland and they represent uh, aging services providers, folks who have um, assisted living communities, nursing homes, hospice, home care—the whole range of care that you might long-term and post-acute care, I suppose you may call it—and they are so interested in the project that now they're going to be offering. We're gonna—I'm trying to have in the process of setting up um, offering it to their members as a free service, and but then having it. Um, promoted by them and by lifespan so that there's sort of a a many layered levels of promotion and then that way it gets more exposure and in that way in my my opinion there's the the that's where the mere exposure hopefully comes in right
1: Mm, i see so their clients will be invited to participate is that am i understanding that correctly yes it'll
0: be offered to them as a you know it's it'll be offered to them as a free, I guess, service, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've have presented it to some of their members, and um, they're very, you know, some are very excited to have have me come in and interview their their clients or their residents, um, their elders, or and even um, their staff because I've interviewed. I've also interviewed. I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I've also interviewed. For the project, some CNAs. Mm-hmm. do You're familiar with what a CNA? Yes. So that's a for the audience. That's a certified mm-hmm. nurse nurse assistant.
1: Yeah, they're on the front lines.
0: Ex- yes, exactly. And they hold a special place in my heart because I. So I've been as I, I I've been working in aging services for about 18 years, and part of that um, for part of that time, for about a decade, I was. Uh, I worked for a magazine. I was managing editor of a magazine that was a trade magazine that went to every nursing home in the country and probably most assisted living communities. So I had the great pleasure of interviewing people from every level of that um, the, of of the of those entities of a nursing home or an assisted living, and everybody who works in the field, anywhere from uh, the medical director. To a nurse, to an administrator, and including CNAs, and I found that CNAs are just some of the most incredibly passionate and committed people. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm impressed. I'm so um, impressed and in awe of the work that CNAs do. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, to get back to what I was saying. I've interviewed um, some for Age in America because they play a very important part and will continue to play a very important part Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in caring for our aging America. Um, And and, and you may not know this, but CNAs actually make up the majority of the, they're the largest contingent of care providers um, in long term, in healthcare, I think.
1: Mm. Oh my goodness
0: yeah
1: uh, yeah okay
0: And that's only gonna grow I, so
1: I would imagine do you have an idea that as this grows and grows that other people will be doing this um, uh, for the project or do you want to stay uh, you want to be the one who's the interviewer do you <laughs> want to train other people to, to help you with this, or is this your baby?
0: Right, no, that's a good question. So, you know, in some ways I think, um, and I I think probably when I first started, I thought it is my baby and, you know, that sort of thing. But I think it's such an incredible thing that I, I think almost anybody can do it. But I, you know, I do think that there's something to getting to know the person and the process. So yeah, I think that, I think people can be very easily trained to do it. And I think it would be wonderful. I've actually even, Enlisted the help of my daughter at one time. <laughs> she did some interviews for me when we went oh, to wow. a, Yeah, we were driving home um, I'm sorry we were driving to Michigan to visit my mother for, uh, during the summer And we stopped in Pittsburgh at a retirement community that had contacted me and wanted me to come and so she interviewed uh, people while I was interviewing people in another room and um, she took some awesome pictures too, by the way. <laughs> um, oh, wow. so it's not, I mean, honestly, almost anybody can do it. And I, I like, you know, I come up with my, like a, you know, my own set of questions that I want to do research on. And I, th- but I think that there are other questions too, that are good ones. People have asked me, well, have you ever asked anybody if they have any regrets?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's an interesting question too. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. So if you were going to really sort of think really big and and take this as far as you can imagine taking it, what would be your wish for this project?
0: Yeah, so I guess I think, well, I think on the scale of Humans of New York, right? So, Mm -hmm. and what Brandon has done with that, I would love to be able to do. I would love to be able to travel all over the world. And interview people all over the world older adults uh, and hear their and have their voices heard that's what Brandon's done a lot of that he's gone to very you know um, different parts of the world and interview people who have been through some serious tragedies have been through war and other disasters that kind of thing and gotten their perspective and I would love to be able to do that for older adults Mm -hmm. Um, it
1: sounds like a um, an AARP or a PBS project
0: (laughs) maybe yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes Um, and I would love to you know a book he's I I would love to publish it would be great to publish a book of the photos and the um, and I've also I've started to get into video too so Mm -hmm. I've actually um, I'm do, sorry.
1: You're taking video with your with your phone, or or how do you do that?
0: So I actually met this really great uh, filmmaker who did a couple of interviews with me, and he just he did this incredible job of. Um, so I don't think I could match that with my phone. <laughs> I mm-hmm. wouldn't, although I don't. You know, I I think that probably you could get something very compelling with the phone too you know mm-hmm. especially for social media right so um but you know i don't i've i think that i would i i think it would be probably better to work with a to continue to work with a someone who sort of a videographer or filmmaker mm-hmm. who can do wonderful things although i don't and i don't have that talent so i would have to hire somebody to do it probably mm-hmm. at this point but
1: so are you in the business of grant writing
0: right now for this project? <laughs> Not for this project. I happen mm. to be helping another organization write grants, but
1: I see.
0: But that's good experience because that has occurred to me. I would very much like to write a grant for the project. Um mm. and you know what, there are very similar projects. I, I did discover that there are some projects just like the based on humans of New York, there are a number of them out there. There's um that aren't they aren't necessarily focused on older adults, but there's humans of Paris, humans of Judaism, humans of San Francisco. (laughs) And then, Uh um, and then someone did an elders of Baltimore.
1: Oh, really?
0: Yes. And did a very, very same thing. Very similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's really no, and, and I hear about projects all the time that are very similar there's another one out there um, a woman connected with me recently <clears throat> um, and i can't remember the name of her project right now but i think she's based in nevada mm-hmm. she does film just film where she films she interviews folks and then has them on film just talking about their lives
1: mm-hmm yeah oh it just sounds i mean we all want to hear the stories right we all want to see what it's going to be like for
0: us (laughs) yes
1: Mm -hmm. any any last reflections that you have meg that you want to share with our listeners what you've learned from this project how you know how it might have changed your view on aging
0: sure yeah sure so i know i think i referenced it before about how it probably has been therapeutic for me Um, but also i think it has made me um, also feel think about again think about myself and my own aging and recognize that i should probably that i want to embrace the process and um, perhaps i'll even go gray soon <laughs> mm. <laughs> and that's a reference to yeah uh, as you probably know the fact that society doesn't seem to want women to have gray hair so and I happen to like the color of my hair right now but I really feel like I would like to um, to Hi. grow it out gray Hi. soon <laughs>
1: To grow you you're thinking about growing it out um so what are some of the parts of that decision what 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 are the uh pros and cons
0: i think well the con the pros of it of course are that i wouldn't have to color my pave to have my hair colored anymore right mm-hmm. um and honestly i don't know what the cons are i don't there probably aren't many cons other than I'm not sure that I would like the color that I feel like I'm not sure I feel like I would like the color at the moment and I like the color that my hair is right now which is which is like a it's kind of a blondish and I'm naturally dark-haired so I'm not sure you know it was I I was listening to your interview with Sally I can't remember her Fox right Sally Fox yes yes. Uh
1: uh-huh
0: The other day you guys were talking about that and I thought that was really fascinating your discussion about that I thought that was great.
1: It's a big one because you know, we talk about discrimination We know it's real and people are going out on job interviews and feel a real pressure, of course, to look younger Um, And so it's it's very it's very tricky
0: It is tricky you're right. You're absolutely right. I think that is, you know, the other part of it. I hadn't, that is, I, I suppose that, that could be the con of it. Yes. That it's intricate tricky in that you, people perceive you, if you are looking for a job or you're trying to, um, have a presence somewhere, let's say mm-hmm. people. And because of ageism, people right. still view you as different or maybe other because you're older and well. therefore have certain perspectives perceptions so which is unfortunate right
1: yeah I mean it almost feels a little radical although my understanding is it's getting more and more accepted and women are actually growing their hair out in longer styles and having it gray to say no really it's this is it you know there's a lot of it and I'm I'm here to show it to you I think that's fabulous
0: Um, yeah I think you're right. I think that is happening and I think it is fabulous. And, um, you know, I've had a number of friends tell me uh, that they have had a hard time finding jobs and therefore have had to keep up coloring their hair and taking the dates off of their resume because they don't want to be perceived as being older. So, you know, hopefully that that will change that would be nice if that could change someday soon and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have to worry about all those accoutrements of trying to keep up with the societies what society thinks is acceptable at our age or whatever it is right
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well there's strength in numbers right so as more and more of us become gray i guess that'll be the new normal (laughs) assuming that you know people decide not to color but it's expensive and it's a lot of chemicals
0: it is right and you can imagine yeah. how much money there is in it right so there's a lot of money and yeah. in investing in the in media and commercials and advertising to get people to think that they need to the color their hair
1: <laughs> exactly you know I was watching I was flipping through channels this is not a typical evening for me but I think I was kind of tired of slipping through channels and they were selling this kind of thing that you put on your face to make it um younger and it's plumps it and it does all this stuff and it's all new and they're doing it and i I had this strange thought that i have no doubt that works but i just don't care enough (laughs) <laughs> to invest that time and money on reducing my wrinkles. I guess I just don't care enough. And it was a funny realization because it wasn't, I didn't, you know, they had all these before and afters and, you know, her dad was a chemist. It just seemed like it was fairly legitimate. And I had actually read about it as a process to to get rid of wrinkles. And I just thought, you know, I, I'd i rather spend that time walking my dogs. <laughs>
0: I agree. I agree. And the money too, right? Wouldn't you rather mm -hmm. spend your money on something else?
1: Sure. So I guess it's a matter of priority. And I think when you get older, you know, you know, that time is precious and you got to pick things a little more carefully.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, (laughs) So thanks so much. Is the project is, it just sounds, Really fascinating, and I just want to make sure I can uh, let our listeners know where to find you. It's ageinamerica dot blog. Is that right?
0: Yes, it's the that is the blog address. That's age mm-hmm. as in a g e in america dot blog, and then it's on Instagram. The okay. same name is just age in america, and
1: okay.
0: same name on Facebook.
1: Perfect. And um, if people wanted to reach you, could they reach you through those addresses?
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay,
1: Mm -hmm. great, great. It's been wonderful speaking with you, Meg. This is just a lovely project and I'm excited to look at it again and and see what you've come up with. It sounds like it's gonna grow and develop and um, there's good things to come.
0: Thank you, thank you very much. It was was, uh, wonderful talking to you.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com/zestfulaging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.